rest, recover, rise with 4.5 CBD oil. The world's first certified 0% THC CBD oil. Hello listener, Evans here. We had this episode of the podcast all wrapped up and ready to go out to you late last week. And then one of the biggest swells ever seen or surfed in Europe happened to go down at Nazare and up in Ireland. And it made the headlines all across the surf world. We thought it'd be a bit weird not to include some of that content in this episode of the pod. Well, I just got off the phone to my mate GMAC, Garrett McNamara, a man who's seen a few swells at Nazare down the years, to put his bit of context and opinion on to what went down, particularly Thursday last week at Nazare, in terms of the size of the waves and some of the surfing, and as well a little bit of the drama and the controversy that went down in terms of a few fisticuffs in the lineup. So let's hear from GMAC first, and then we will get into the regular pod with myself and Monday. Uh, definitely wasn't the biggest day ever. Yeah. But was the cleanest day that we've had the whole day. It was basically good from sun up to sundown. And it was uh, beautiful and super uh, interesting and challenging. And there's some big chops on most of the waves. There's a couple of clean faces, but I'd say 99% were just big mogul rides. And uh, everybody's just got such good equipment now and so much timing over here that they're surfing the waves really well and making them look easy. The, it was the best day I've seen for good waves all day long. I've yeah. never seen it that big and clean all day and without there was a little bit of fog but it never really stopped us there was about a couple minutes when we were about to stop and we kind of held back for a minute but the waves stopped during that moment as well it was really weird and then it cleared up real quick so i'd say like 10 to 20 minutes of fog that was almost too thick but it wasn't you could still surf but during that 10 to 20 minutes the wave stopped uh, you know what? It wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And the wave that I'm looking for did not even show up. It yeah. wasn't that big. Yeah. So there was definitely bigger days, and but there was, you know, an hour or two instead of all day. Yeah. yeah. And there was um, amazing moments all day long. Usually we have amazing moments for an hour or two. This time we had the whole day. And it was no winds which made it really inviting and a lot easier to ride Takati's, we were waiting forever for the right way because all the water's coming out of the canyon and sucking up the face and then it was uh just really i stoked i put him right in the perfect spot and then he was able to do what he wanted to do on it and make it and so it was definitely a huge one and it just it's really you know interesting the whole measuring and my wave is bigger than yours i don't know my wave brings all the boys to the yard whatever <laughs> you want to call it but um if you did take the scientific measuring approach it's from crest to trough so i would say probably 120 feet if you took the scientific approach us surfers 
we are, you know, very influenced by our how we were brought up and how we feel about waves. And so it's, you know, the thing was intense. The thing was big, huge. Um, it's, you know, it's somebody else might measure it 50 feet but um i have no idea what size it actually is i didn't try and measure it personally um the, the face value was out of this world um well the bottom's at least 20 to 40 feet further down from where they're measuring because if you look at the contour of the wave yeah. the bottom is at sea level we were just having a really good time and then at one moment we saw a bunch of guys yelling way inside and I don't really know exactly what happened. But um, it, it was very interesting to see everybody's uh, energy. Actually yelling at each other and saying let's go to the beach. I don't know if that's happened. I'm sure it has, but it's the first time that I've seen it. It was so funny to see everybody so angry when the waves are so good. Yeah. It's like, Let's have some fun here. Ego, huh? Ego! Come out and play it! Hey! <laughs> Jack, give me the title of your story. Ego, come out and play it! My wave is bigger than yours! <laughs> Welcome to It's Not The Length podcast. I'm Paul Evans. And I'm Ben Mundy. Good to see your uh, smiley, happy face, mate. It's been a while. Big storm here at the moment. Um, if viewers can, can maybe hear a little bit of sort of background noise, that's my house trying not to blow down. We've got thunder and lightning. We've got sort of 60 knot winds. And it's pissing down, basically. So, yeah, let's hope, um, let's hope the Evans, Evans Towers holds up, at least until we finish recording the pod. There's a lot of action in the Atlantic right now, isn't there, Paul? It's all hotting up or cooling oh. down or whatever it is, but yeah. I heard your um, lovely wife was caught in the midst of it all. She uh, she survived. Heidi got caught in a big fish case. She's she sailing down to Nazareth. She was sailing towards Nazareth from La Rochelle, but they actually came in near here on Dias today. Um, and I'm supposed to get on the boat tonight, actually, mate. So I'm just, I'd just like to say now, it's, uh, there's a six... There's a seven meter at 20 second swell coming day after tomorrow. So I'll just say to the, um, it's not like audience, if you don't hear from me again, you know, I, I, if I'm in my watery grave, um, I, I'd like to think it's the podcast is my sort of legacy that will live on forever in sort of the digital, the digital world. And that's, you know, that's my gift for future generations. I'm already thinking about who your replacement would be and how we oh, could move, on, move on quite quickly. That's tough, isn't it? But it's one for the listeners, actually. If you'd like to suggest a replacement, if I if I drown on, on the sailboat or, or meet my sticky end another way, uh, at Wavelength Mag, send us a suggestion. Who would you like to replace me as the pod anchor? It will die! It will die! No quick pro France this year, Ben. So that, that would have happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, it didn't happen. Um, but... They might have dodged a bullet there. It's been, I mean, I'm going to break a habit where I normally always come on and tell you how good the surf's been. It's been kind of shit. There's been the odd day, but it's like a day and then it's shit again. And we had about three weeks where it was horrible. Um, and I think for when the wetting period traditionally is, those last two weeks of September, it was shit. 
So I think, I think the Wazzle might have kind of, kind of dodged a bullet a bit like the Olympics. When the Olympics were supposed to be in the surf event was, I think the surf at Chiba was like half a foot and onshore. So I think it's actually might have been a good year to sort of sit out a few events. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's a pretty good chance of that happening at Japan that time of year on that beach anyway, I think. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, we did have comps in, um, which no doubt we might get to in, in the countdown series. And what, three weeks on, I was like, I was like yes, I did, did that actually happen? I mean, what, yeah. what is the actual ramifications? Although I've written some incredible articles about the, the, the actual, that exact thing about the ramifications of it. Um, it's literally like, yes, it's like an old fish and chip wrapper, isn't it? It doesn't, it's, did it happen? Where, where are we there? It was shit, wasn't it? The Euro Cup surfing, not the greatest waves. Got a bit unlucky with the, um, yeah, not only did it, a bit unlucky with the, yeah, the forecast and the waves. Um, coincided with my two-week trip there. So, yeah, they were a little bit unlucky, I would say. But, yeah, so be it. I mean, we could get on to it, Paul. I mean, it's, it's does, I, it, did, it did happen. We were there. Well, I noticed that you did an article on tracks called Catching Up with Italo Ferreira, and it was basically a, tra- <laughs> it's a transcription of the fucking webcast. It was just us asking questions in the booth, Monday. Did you get paid for that? Yeah, of course, mate. It's just, you know, I thought it was... I told him after, so that's an interview. Well, let's lock it down. No, I was listening to it. Brilliant. Fair enough. Lovely bit of me. I mean, it's all about upcycling, isn't it, these days? Recycling, upcycling, downcycling. Classic Monday. Um, just on that as well, did you get, were there any repercussions from the Wazzle for your sort of clear anti-women surfing tirade? Sort of Monday as leader of the sort of toxic patriarchy. A scathing broadside attack on women surfing. Randy, did you? Was there any? Was there any feedback from that? Were you? Are you the new Richard Keys and Andy Gray? Or <laughs> a topical reference for the surf listeners? <laughs> no, I don't. There was no tirade. I um. I don't remember Paul out and what, what you're alluding to. Not certainly not in print. Maybe in the no, in the commentary. You know, in the commentary. Well, yeah. it's just literally, mate. I'm there as a. a, a expert opinion you know if you don't like my opinion i think you know there was a bit of a problem with the standard uh in european women surfing and i'm not afraid to say it paul what did you say (laughs) yeah you're like generally pissed off you're like that's just not good enough no you said she butchered you went nah she butchered that butchered that you started off with she butchered it slightly funny and then the next one someone mistimed a basic sort of hitting the end section you went that's just not good enough Anytime I got excited, it was when there was various competitors flailing around on the rocks out of the water. I thought I enjoyed that. Now, I think there was a problem to stand I mean, apart from obviously some of the perennial performers. Um, and just while we're wrapping up contest crap, uh, next year, the sort of showdown, the title decider, sort of unannounced location. There's a little bit of chat. I heard Deadly, Vaughan Deadly, say that there's talk of maybe it being at Lakey's, but also might be at Trestles. And I was just thinking, if they're going to get trestles at the start of September, they might as well just fucking come in here. It'd be better here, wouldn't it, than trestles? Two-week waiting period, pick two days. Two days out of two weeks in September, there's a chance of getting barreled. You can still do airs. There's t- like, you can get anything you get at trestles with a chance of maybe six-foot barrels. Like, sure, trestles, come on, surely not. Say it ain't so. Well, I mean, you know what you're going to get, but it, if, yeah, it seems it would be a little bit... Four-foot trestles doesn't particularly float my boat. Just go to Indo. I mean, it's the whole world. We're Indo, surely. Like, yeah. I'd, 
I don't know. I don't know, Paul. I don't think that would excite. I mean, I like Trestles being an event, but not as an absolute showstopper. Not less important, but going back to the countdown series, my, th- my favourite, sorry to interrupt, but my favourite bit was when, I think it was on the finals day when you trotted down to the beach to talk to our friend Richard Marsh, and who was coaching, obviously, Kikash Marais, and hot summer's day, people on the beach would walk up whilst wearing a shirt that had a full sort of portrait of Kikass on it as you talked to Kikass. I, I did you get a I did get the you got the new uh, autograph that didn't you on the, on the shirt is yeah, that what you were going yeah. down there yeah you signed it mate yeah it was that was the branding it was a bit unfortunate but you know you, you just take you take your medicine don't you sometimes you try and act cool and clever and above it all but ultimately I'm just another cunt we had it slow in the we had it slow in the booth in France he, he came in he just surfed and he sat down on the couch and we had a little he chat just, with him. We all had... He just, he just won the final. We all had our Oakley wraparound. Sonny's on. And then after he got up, um, he was actually sitting in your seat. I mean, I, I was obviously in this, the lead anchor, the host chair. Are you going to be our main commentator? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Then we have that little couch, the two-seater where we just kind of put the nobodies. The world champ, Mandy, people like that. And he made your sort of spot wet. But then he got up to do his thing. We had to do the women's final or the post show or whatever it is we do to keep surfing running. And you actually, you actually sat in his wet patch and some of his sort of great, like literally the world champion's wet soaked into the bum of your jeans. How did that make you feel, Ben? Damp and uncomfortable, Paul. But at the and same that was, that time, was just, that, a bit amazing. That was just, just externally, amazing. I felt, yeah, internally, I felt incredible. I mean, I was as close to the Italy as I've ever been. I kind of knew that, I wouldn't get a chance to change those jeans for another four hours or so. And as he collected yeah, his money and drove off in a V12 Audi and I just sat in the sort of damp, sort of salty patch on, on the couch, I thought, yeah, once again, I'm, I'm at the very cold face of professional surfing, Paul. It's where I want to be. And just while we're chatting some Italo, uh, he got into a bit of trouble, didn't he, Ben? Um, you think you wrote this up as well as a story on some tracks, funnily enough, but... He got into a bit of trouble with, uh, with the local in Kosher. It might have been um, our good old mate, Jose Gregorio. Yeah, Jose Gregorio. Yeah, he paddled out at Kosher. It was a pretty shitty day by all accounts. And, uh, oh, there's various versions, isn't there? You know, Italo says he just went out, said hi, caught a few waves, um, sort of away from the park. The pack, the locals thought that he sort of jumped off because you can jump up a coast up the end you paddle down so you're on the inside the classic situation where you do you wait your turn wait for a set but i think it's like just sort of jumped in and paddled straight back out and got another he one he doesn't wait for his turn does he it's <laughs> i'm pretty sure he doesn't I'm wait for his turn returns. and uh yeah one of the guys there who's like yeah well jose gregorio is a you know really good surfer sort of heavily involved in quicksilver in portugal for the last 20 years a bit of a legend of the of the scene yeah he sent him in and then there was a bit of typical social media fallout. And then Italy came back and said, yeah, it's all bullshit. But yeah, it was all that kind of, I was like, really? I don't think you need, should need to be sending in the world champion at three foot kosher. But hey-ho. Uh, news-wise, I've seen, I um, had a saw. I mean, the death of the surf magazine has been well sort of written about. Paul, you obviously drove the Surf Europe sort of ship up onto the rocks and just Lit a match and then burn it, you know, on your watch. But um, Surf Magazine's a dying surfer magazine uh, recently went bust. There's a bit of furore about that. I don't know if you followed that, Paul. I couldn't really sort of get into that. I was like, yeah, they it's just 
another magazine's gone. I don't sure what everyone was quite so upset about the way it went or what it deserved or didn't deserve. Um, but yeah, I saw that our our mate Fatty Fatty Al Hunt, long time um, surf administrator to the stars, uh, is selling his collections pretty much every surf magazine ever made since the 1960s and 1970s through till now. Uh, he used to get them all subscribed, all of them, most of them, sort of box fresh. Selling them, how much would you expect to pay for every single surf mag that's ever been printed in the history of the of the world, Paul? Ten grand. How much would you pay? Ten thousand. <laughs> Two million. One hundred and fifty thousand US dollars, Paul. You can get them for. Do you want to bid? Yeah, so who buys it? I mean, it's just the thing to all all that endeavor over fifty years of people making surf magazine it just it just comes the one man owning the whole batch that you can buy for on surfer i wrote a piece about that the lonesome death of surfer mag you can read that on wavelengthmag.com which by the way is definitely still going brand new issue uh is out as of 31st of october issue 259 um going great guns on subscriptions mate but um yeah i wrote, I wrote a piece about surfer it's sort of sad to see it go although to be honest i actually thought it went about two or three years ago i didn't even know it was still in print just on our hunt who used to be the sort of tour the sort of stats guy, um, didn't he used to crunch the numbers? It was him who got it wrong about well, Kelly. He was the director. I mean, yeah, he was like the logistics guru of the whole WSL for about 400 years, or the ASP, I should say. Yeah, I saw him in, I saw him in Pantin last year. He, he showed up. Uh, he's normally always there when a world title goes down. I think he's contracted. He has to be there. He showed up in Pantin because there was that, the longboarding world title i think in theory could have gone down there in the, technically if some certain person won it i don't know he was there anyway and he yeah he looked quite old and he lost a bit of weight but not in a, not in a good way and i thought that's a bit sad and i, I just thought I'm, oh, yeah i don't know i thought maybe that's i don't know for how, how much longer he's going to be around for i mean i hope he doesn't listen to this and sort of get a bit like bummed out sorry sorry al but um yeah he didn't look super healthy i'll say that well, he's retiring. He's seventy. He's had a, an incredible life in surfing, and um, yeah, he's got some mags to sell. So there you go. Monday, what have you got? <laughs> I had a opportunity the other day to sit on a Zoom call with um for like five of the world's best shapers. It was a weird thing. It was like Timmy Patterson, uh, Pizel, um, uh, Sharp Eye, Marco Zuvi from Sharp Eye Surfboards, uh, Chili Chill, James Chili Chill. So this yeah, incredible collection of like the most incredible shapers on the planet right now. And of course, Christian Bradley, our good, our good friend and ours. And there was a bit of a presentation. I was looking at these little boxes of their sort of faces. And there's a lot I wanted to ask them, but like they, I couldn't really get the chance in this particular forum. And they said, oh, can you all just turn off your um, video on your Zoom meeting and your audio, which that helps obviously make it a clearer connection. And the only person that couldn't manage to do that was Christian Bradley. And uh, he didn't really realise, he was on his phone, he didn't really realise that he was on camera. And he was just like, he was like putting his face up like so close to it. And then like, you know, he gets all confused and his face like... And meanwhile, me and my friend, I was talking about Wes was in on the meeting. He was like doing screen grabs and sending them to me like, you know, naughty kids at the back of the class. And I was fucking laughing so much. I couldn't even concentrate. Pizel was talking about something. And I was like, just looking at Bradley's head. I know there's been some Zoom 
kind of mishaps. I know there's that politician in America who thought the camera was off and was caught masturbating into his little pot plant next to it while it was on a, on a big meeting and stuff. So I know there's been some sort of uh, Zoom type of issues. But um, yeah, I got a real good kick out of Bradley. What do you got, Paul? That's... Oh, man. Did you watch the Corvo longboard event at the circuit? No, I didn't, actually. World's best longboarders, Kelly's favourite, wave pool, world's best-selling tequila. Um, yeah, the longboard event at the Surf Ranch uh, was last week, and I didn't, I didn't watch it, but they kind of edited it into like a, a show. It's like an edited show. And there was a lot of interviews and they explained about who all they were, which in a way sort of took away the necessity of having, I guess the whole idea of the surf ranch is, you know, the waves are going to be on that day. So you can kind of have it live, but I mean, they could have just in theory gone to window and just film them surfing and then cut in some interviews. But anyway, that was, that was the way the format went down. Um, the surfing was, yeah, I'm going to say not, not necessarily my, my cup of tea, but what I really like is, um, I really like the athletes or, I mean, athletes very much in inverted commas when it comes to longboards. I, I, I really like the surfers. I think it's like a real sort of fascinating sort of microcosm um, where none of them are really like getting paid enough to do it full time. And so it's almost like a, another professional sport from a bygone era, like in the eighties or nineties or something, when there was that mix of people that are good at it, they're on TV, yet they're kind of a bit out of shape. Like, like darts, a bit, a bit fat, like darts. So yeah, I mean, you know, you, there's a the singlets were like vests, and there was a lot of bingo wings. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of dinner, lady arm. Uh, Justin Kintal, who's like the the world champ, good for foot guy, Florida, good surfer. Yeah, he's 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 packing a few extra pounds. He got the sort of gut coming out over the boardies. I just thought, like, yeah, I just thought it was kind of interesting how. They're just a little bit different and, and like, yeah, they're sort of good. They've got less of skill, but they're almost sort of successful in spite of themselves because I don't know if they're taking it sort of that serious. They're definitely not training. Um, but, yeah, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed that. I, I, I don't know if you saw Alex Nasty. to see his face, man. Dude, that guy's just a fucking vampire, man. His skin was like waxy and sort of white. He looked like he was just sort of sweating, just standing there. I mean, I... I don't know. I'm not, obviously, it's not for me to speculate what he's been up to, but he, he looks like he's had a few late nights. And uh, still, still one of my favourite servers. He was amazing, actually. I, I, I thought he was really good. The other cool thing about the longboarders that I like is that, out, is that they're all liars. So, like, your shortboarders, for all their faults, at least they're sort of... They're, they make no bones about them being cunts. Julian Wilson doesn't pretend to be a good guy. Gabriel Medina doesn't pretend not to be a cunt. They're just like, I'm a cunt. And I don't care. Whereas the longbirds kind of, I also quite like the fact they're still trying to get away with that lie of like, yeah, we're just cruising and like, you know, contest of doesn't matter if the judges are there. Cassie, Cassie Ameda, Cassie, who was, she served in the surf run. She was at the Swatch uh, thing in China. She was like the poster girl and they literally put a poster of her like five stories high doing a hang ten. Anyway, she got interference on like a one foot left. And was out. At the ranch? No, in China. She got interference <laughs> on one foot left in like round one. And she was like, all of the publicity was about her. There's, in Beijing, there's like a Swatch Art Hotel. And she was like, projects onto the side of this mass. Anyway, she was out and she, 
basketball or, or at mental. If you see like every video she's got, every interview, she's like, oh, you know, I'm not really contest. It's just, we're all just supporting each other and having a great time and like someone's going to win. In reality, she was just filthy when she lost. And I, I like that sort of inherent dishonesty about the longboard as well. Uh, none of them really want to admit that they actually want to fucking stomp on each other's fucking voice box and like <laughs> kill them dead. They just pretend to be cool when really they ain't. I love that. I don't know if I, last podcast I mentioned the, um, the Rivals series, which is the Australian My Surf TV have done a 10-part series based on Rivals. I don't know if you've seen any of that, Paul, on the YouTube. It's actually really interesting because they get these, every surfer, they do a little backstory. They do a little feature on, they get 20 minutes. They talk about their backstory, where they're from, what they've done, why they're there. And then they, they've got two months to surf a two-hour heat themselves and compile the best waves in this two-hour heat. So it's a bit of pressure at the end. They have to call the right day, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's actually one of the few things I've clicked on and watched all the way. I went, oh, and watched the next one. I got quite quite into it. The last, the last, um, there's Kai Otten, there's B Derbage, there's Josh Kerr, there's Sean Kensdale. It's sort of a mix of old and new hog. Anyway, the last one's Dingo, uh, Joel and Mick. And um, the reason I say it's good is because basically they go around interviewing all the guys about the three competitors. Like there's and there's like Troy Brooks and Andy King, friend of the pod, a few others. And basically they're all, basically all they're trying to say is that like Paco's fat, but they're just trying to do it in the most kind of like nicest, like palatable way they can. So like Brooko goes, oh yeah, well Joel's been in the, um, he's been in the good paddock. He's been up there feeding in the good paddock the last uh, few months. Then Kingy, Kingy goes, oh, the competitors are still there. It's just whether Parker's body's going to hold up to the challenge. They're doing all these like coded kind of words just saying Parker's fat. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed the little in- insight of that. But yeah, so fat, fat sort of guys trying not to lie basically uh, about how fat Parker is. But yeah, the whole series on its own is is very good. I recommend it. I think it's, it's the best sort of done of that genre out there right now check it out speaking of um people being informed and stuff like that i'm um i'd like to bring attention to surf strength coach there's something called surf strength coach that exists on the he's got a website he's even got an app then have you heard of surf strength coach he's called chris c-r-i-s chris something miller you heard of him no oh I find it popping up sometimes on my feed and I started watching it. I, I basically, I settled down for a, a nice hate watch. So I was like, oh yeah, let's watch this cunt. So I, I, you know, he started talking about, you know, you put your, when you're popping up, you're popping up to your stance, you put your hand. And I was like, look at this fucking cunt. Oh, oh okay. So I just shift my, oh, I shift my back heel. And yeah, I actually found it like sort of curiously sort of compelling. I watched loads of them. He's got this South African dude on there. He's obviously sort of fairly irritating. It might be the shape of Clayton Niehauser. Obviously quite irritating when he talks, as is, as is Chris, the American dude. But they've got some interesting stuff to say. They, got this, they do this sort of training with a bit of cardboard. And he's like, don't spend $1,000 on a new board. Spend a dollar on a piece of cardboard. And they're basically training, training and shedding um, by picking up coffee cups and stuff like that. Um, He's actually pretty good, the guy. Like, you just firstly, like, look at this. Come, there's quite a bit of longboard skateboarding on the, on the street, doing like bottom turns and stuff. But 
he knows, like, he goes, yeah, this one's for all the, the YouTube haters out there. And he's doing his, like, surf stunt. It's actually quite good. If you've got $197 plus tax, uh, you can sign up for his app and get a piece of cardboard training app, Monday. Does that sound like good value for money for you? Yeah, where, where do I sign? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sign me up. Where did you, just have interest, did you, did you practice? He's basically talking about, no one ever practices surfing in the mirror. So the only time you practice it, your moves is when you get a wave, which is hardly ever. You know what I mean? Like you hardly spend any time. So it's like no one ever does that like off the lips in the mirror on shit you should do compared to like boxers. They spend loads of time shadow boxing. So they kind of watch. They don't only train when they're in a fight kind of thing. They do the thing like hundreds of thousands of repetition to get the technique right. I kind of yeah, all right. I thought I can follow, not necessarily. Where did you hone the, the Monday, the High Line top turn, the, the Barton Burridge, uh, which, in case anyone's wondering, it's an amount of between Barton Lynch and Pam Burridge. Where did you hone the Monday technique? Was there much in the mirror, or was it all just done out in the water work? Um, between the ages of 14 to 17, I would say, I would do an average of 40, so 20 backside rios and 20 forehand rios on the wall at home on uh the hallway as you walked up between the steps like up onto where there used to be a little swing on the way to check the surf i'd do one off there i reckon do about 50 a day mum used to, i used to get so much trouble for there used to be a footprint on the wall where i'd do the little backhand whack like you know you just pivot and hit the back turn yeah so <laughs> before that i was doing lots of um in the cricket i'd just bowl about probably sort of 150 deliveries a day but then once i found surfing i was just doing backhand rios mate any any terrain any time so i i get surf fit i've been doing those for fucking years mate it's not that's old news but yeah that's that's where i'd say really because it was always the same i never varied it It was always the exact same turn because it's the way your body moves all right that'll do it for part one I should take this opportunity, of course, to remind you about the brand new issue of Wavelength, Volume 259. The theme is unseen and unsung. It's packed full of brilliant stories from all around the surf world. And we do have some fantastic subscriptions offers available as well. There's a current one on there for all you coffee fans. Anyone who likes a cup of joe in the morning, all press, all press coffee. You get two bags of delicious all press beans you get two premium print editions of the magazine that's coming at you for 20 pounds absolute fantastic offer a brilliant gift for someone if you like coffee and you like long form surf content get yourself a subscription to wavelength we've also launched the wavelength shop there's a bunch of cool stuff to be had deals and some discounts for subscribers as well but some really cool clothing some wavelength themed clothing from our team of award-winning designers and some other cool stuff like accessories. You can get skin and hair care products. There's a bunch of good stuff. Do check out the shop on wavelengthmag.com. All right, let's get on with the show. Uh, Mundy, what have you got this bad? Well, we talked a bit about localism with um, Italo. And uh, I think uh, Kawa Rothman's so he says, uh, what's happening, you guys? I have an announcement. I won't do the accent. This year, this do winter here in Hawaii, 2020, <laughs> 2021, I will be going on whatever wave I want at Pipeline. So that being said, there's only a few people out there that I will not drop in on. So, yeah, no hard feelings. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just letting you know that this is what's going to happen. 
So have a great day and watch out. Mm. My favourite part of that bit where he goes is, I'm not trying to be a dick. Uh, as he announces he's going to drop in on, I don't know, some of the world's best surfers in the next two or three months. Yeah, I've got a couple, and I just, couple of questions there. Uh, does it, is it worse saying you're going to do it than just doing it? I suppose he's trying to, like, you know, maybe from his no, point, it's, he's trying to come clean and go, like, it's not my fault, this is what's going to happen, I'm not responsible. But is that actually worse than just dropping in? It's, it's making it premeditated. Uh, I think I kind of, I mean, yeah, if you're going to do it, you might as well be open and up front about it. I mean, I'll give him, I'll give him some points of being open about it, but then if you're just open about being a dick while saying, I'm not going to be, I'm trying not to be a dick. I just think it was like, just because you're doing something that's just fundamentally against all the uh, grains of surfing, does just by saying that you're going to do it in advance doesn't make it any better, does it, Paul? Mm. What well, I just wonder also what would happen if, you know, fair enough. That's, you know, it's just cool and you know, good luck. Good luck to my own price department. That's what he wants to do at the pipeline. I mean, definitely won't be affecting my wave count in any way. So no worries. But I just wonder if someone, you know, it was a solid day and there was someone deeper and, and he and he dropped in as he as he as he vowed to do, and they sort of straightened out, got lit to the head, and like you know died. I just wonder where that. You can't really then say, "Oh, sorry, I didn't see him." You've said in October before the season started. I'm going to do this on purpose before it happened. I just wonder if that might be a situation you could sort of come to regret it because ultimately catching waves and stuff like that, yeah, it's important to careers, but it doesn't compare to human life or injury or, you know, it's nothing, it's just a wave, isn't it? You know, so I don't know. I just wonder if something terrible did happen to someone that he dropped in on, they, they sort of had to change their line because of that. I just wonder if you might regret then going to public with it. Maybe not. Yeah, well, we'll have to find out. I'm not sure what the legal ramifications of it is, but um, yeah, <laughs> either way, I just think it's a, uh, we'll get a the, silly thing to say. Paul. We'll get the it's not the length uh, legal department on that. Oh, can I just take this opportunity to say um, this winter, uh, there's a little left that breaks off when it's like really big at Capritano. It's really crowded at Provence, Santosha. There's a sort of really rippy left that you can't even stay in position for that breaks off the off the jetty, basically right at the end of my street, which always looks okay when you check it, but never is when you paddle out. It's, well, it's never there when you paddle out. But you see it, you see one come back, get your wetsuit on, bike back, and like, there's no, there's no left. But anyway, can I just say now, uh, anyway, that comes through this winter, I'm the sort of two foot left in a, in a river, it's basically faster than a river. Um, I'm probably going to be going, so, you know, you've been warned. I'm not trying to be a dick, but just, just warning everyone. I don't know. Yeah. Just saying. Oh, fair enough. No, yeah, mate. Mm. I, respect, I respect your honesty, Paul. I reckon those uh, your bodyboarding mates out there will too. Well, this is a bit of a sort of quite a detailed one, but I'm just talking about the effect that COVID has had on on lives and surfing and the surfing experience. I went into the board rider store in Osgore the other day um, to get some Black Witch wetsuit glue. Uh, and they got a sign on the wall about your face mask, that wash your hands. And also there's a 30 minute limit on being in there. And I just thought, well, fuck, at least someone's still got their sense of humor. I mean, like, who fucking's gonna spend half an hour of their life in a quick silver board rider's store? I mean, if you, if you did that and pulled it off, that should be some sort of like Wim Hof style, some endurance challenge, shouldn't it? Like that. You'd be impressed if anyone actually could ever do that. Could, has anyone ever done that? 
half an hour. Oh, oh they, the world record is twenty six minutes. <laughs> but that was it. He, that guy got he got three wetsuits. They were all all the wrong size when he was trying them on. He was a bit fat, and it took him a long time to get it on and off. But yeah, and he he hit twenty six. So he was he was sailing close to the wind. But I don't think anyone's ever made a half hour mark. He did twenty six minutes, and the next time we went to the airport, he we went through those body scanner things where they like they can see if you've got some a bomber under your ball bag or some woke coke up your bum hole and they said yeah your, your body's fine but you've actually you, you've got no soul like you, your soul's missing basically you must have put it on in board riders so imagine yeah. the general the torment that would involve 30 minutes of browsing just for just just, <laughs> just browsing like just looking at a board and you're not going to buy it because you never do just look oh yeah i, I if I had the money, I could buy that, but it's 4,000 euros, so I'm not. And then look at a wet, smell the rubber on a wetsuit. And then, I mean, that's like two minutes. And then and 20, you've got 28 to go. Inevitably, the young, quite attractive girl comes over early on and says, like, can I help you, sir? And you go, oh, no, thanks, early on. But then during the next half hour of browsing, there's loads of times where they'll look up and you'll, and then you have to like quickly like look down so they don't ask you again because you still don't need any help. But then you can't really make eye contact after that because it looks like you're asking them to come over. But yeah, half an hour in board riders. If anyone, if anyone out there's done half an hour or longer in any board rider store or other surf shack, let us know. Drop us a tweet or a DM or an email. Editor at wavelengthmag.com. Ben, have you got anything else that's bad? I'm always intrigued by Kelly Slater and he's like, he's just, he's social media. The South Korea, the new wave pool and someone, I, you know, in the, Basque country or career went, oh, local Grom gets an 11 second tube. And then, like, the first person to reply literally is Kelly Slater going, I don't know who's timing that 11 seconds. I don't think it was quite that long. And I was just like, mate, I think it's just, it's just ubiquitous. And then I was actually, um, I know, had a bit of a day out with a very famous surfer. I can't say his name, Paul. Uh, South African, quite a good surfer. And uh, he was Sean Thompson. Sean Thompson. No. Tra- uh, and Travis Travi Travi Brew, Commissioner of the QS. <laughs> no. But anyway, this guy was saying that he's been out for dinner many a time, Coach Slater, and he just he basically just he's on his phone. He reckons like not twenty to twenty-two hours a day, even when you're out for dinner, he's just always like responding, always on it. And I was just like, oh my God, the life he could lead just always sniping away at various things, like the, the most pernicious of little things. It's like, oh, Kelly, give it away. Give it a rest. Free yourself. So anyway, that was my little, that's my whinge. Would uh, a dinner date with Geordie, let's pres- well, I mean, I know that's who you're talking about. Geordie and Kelly, would that be, is that a laugh? Would they, either of those two be a laugh though? I mean, is that the pot and the kettle? I mean, is, is Geordie much, is he good crack? Down, down at your local Pizza Express? No, I would say that wouldn't be the ideal dinner date. Also, in Waypool news, a little bit of a sort of an enviro update from the southwest of France, mate. Uh, filthy Andy Higgins and his dirty wave gardens are trying to bulldoze the fucking beautiful green Uskel area and put in one of their vile little facilities. No, no, I'm just obviously, I don't mean that. But they're, um, they, they've met an opposition at Saint-Jean-de-Luz, so right on the coast where, where their board riders, sort of head offices. Um, 10,000 signatures on that petition against the wave pool Monday. So there's quite a lot of local opposition to the wave pool. Um, 
that's one piece of environmental news. The other piece of environmental news I had for you is I saw a guy doing a beach litter pickup here on France in the beach. What's unusual about that? Nothing. So it was slightly unusual and very French about it. It was completely in the nude. Me and Billy uh, went up to the forest, not the magic mushroom session, a different, different one more recently. We didn't have shrooms. And there was a dude completely in the buff picking up beach plastic. Um, he had his little pecky just sort of poking out. He had the classic, a lot of the guys of a certain age tend to have the gunt up there that they're on that little beach, you know, the gunt, that little sort of back. Yeah, I do. Rolls kind of into the very rude, very rude word. Cunt. You've got the gunt, the sort of gunt. Cunt. A lot of the dudes have that, they have the gunt and then the little, the little pecky underneath. Um, and he had that. Very brown buttocks, but he was picking up plastic. And I just thought, what a ledge, man. If only, if only more nudists cared so much about the sand that they walk naked on. I'd read the piece that uh, Dane Reynolds recently posted mm-hmm. and about the film. His, his big brother is five years older than him, recently died away. I think some, something to do with drugs, drug-related. And he just penned this um, just quite articulate, sort of poignant, kind of well-written truly really personal sort of um ode to his brother it sort of hit me quite hard i, I don't ever I, I like dane reynolds and i like what he does but he never struck me as being particularly eloquent or a bit you know, able to sum up his feelings well and he's he's managed to do that really well and the film's amazing as well so yeah it's just that it's a horrible thing but i just thought i got I sort of dane reynolds surprised me with his way he handled it and the way he handled it so well it was well written i Started to watch it. I turned it off. I didn't. I just couldn't watch it. There's all the pictures of him when he was a little kid. I just thought it was a little bit sad. I just. Yeah. I watched about the first twenty seconds. I just. I just couldn't watch it. I turned it off. By the end of the film, you you, you don't come. I mean, it's sad, but it, yeah, it's it's a well done thing. Yeah, in line on his writing, it's the same sort of mode. So yeah, anyway, yeah, Dane Reynolds, not a, one of the well, probably one of the hardest things you're ever going to do, really. And he, he did it. Did it really well. I was proud of the boy. And still, my absolute favourite surfer of all time. Okay, well, guess what? Ever innovative, ever coming up with great, great new ways to entertain the listener. It's not the length, but a brand new segment. Ben Mundley's the mastermind behind it. It's called WCST. Ben, what does that stand for? What Camp said that. It's a quote-based surfing quiz. It's what the surfing world's been crying out for over the years. I mean, I can't believe no one's done it before, but I'll tell you what, this is going to be live. It's the first time. I mean, who knows how it's going to go, but I'm pretty confident. So what I'm going to do, Paul, I'm going to read out the quotes, famous surfing quotes, I might add, not just random ones I've just picked out, pretty well-known quotes, uh, and you have to work out what can't said that. You got it? I'm ready, Ben. Um, I was, I was, this is the role I was born to play. My song choice, then, if I get five or more of these correct, I've got a highly topical song, I'm going to choose, it's not really a song, it's one of those little interludes between songs that you sometimes get on rap albums, but I'm going to choose If I Were President by The Far Side. Ben, should I not get those five, what are you going to play out the show with? Uh, the classic Roy Ayers and Everybody Loves the Sunshine. Nice. Keep your, keep your uh, hopes up, Paul. Two great tracks there. Hit me, I'm ready, let's play. Paul Evans, are you ready to play? What cunt said that? Let's go. Okay, question one. I could not, this is the quote, I could not help concluding this man had the most supreme pleasure while he was driven so fast and so smoothly by the sea. Um, yeah, this is 
this is uh, yeah, this is something old, isn't it? Is it someone on Captain Cook's voyage looking at the Hawaiians? Is it? Is it? What's your final answer? Well, it was it was on the Captain Cook's voyage, and I don't know if he wrote the first account or someone else did. But it was Captain James Cook. I will take that, despite you you carrying on. So yeah, Captain James Cook, probably one of the first ever. Uh, written words about surfing ever captured. Next question. Nice, the best surfer. Nice, nice, sorry, nice mix between colonialism and genocide and surfing, which is always, yeah. you know, always a nice. He killed them. Attention. He killed them and then banned it. <laughs> the best surfer out there is the one having the most fun. Who said that, Paul? Yeah, we all know that one, don't we? But who said it then? That's a question, isn't it? Best surfer out there is the one having the most fun. Who said that? Um, yes, it's quite old. Uh, I don't really know. That's just Jerry Lopez. Don't know. Uh, Phil Edwards was mm. the man. Mm. Okay. Actually, it's actually a misquote, but we won't go into that. Um, yeah, he came out one of the other great quotes about he doesn't really like the beach. It's just something he walks across to get to the surf, didn't he, old Phil? Yeah, he's a pretty uh, quotable kind of a guy. Mm. Um, it's not tragic to die. Some, it's not tragic to die doing something you love. Who uttered those words? Just a year before he died. Mark Fu. Correct. Oh, Fuey, two from three. No problem is so big or so complicated that it can't be run away from. What can't said that? Sounds like something sort of Mickey Dora would say, or one of those sort of dudes. That's correct, Paul. Wow, I'm doing all right here. That's that's three. My passion for surfing was more than my fear of sharks. Passion for surfing was more than my fear of sharks. Fanning, I don't know. Bethany Hamilton, I'm afraid. Ah, Should have known that. It's so obvious. Yeah, I'm annoyed at myself now. Okay. I. Was a sunburnt pagan now? I felt privy to mysteries. Oh, that sounds a bit like old Bill Finnegan. Yep. Now is that on my Willie Chinigan? Chinny Chin Chinigan. That can't said that. That's right. All well done. So you're on five. Any need one more to play your song? Well, I had this. I mean, I'm going to not going to give you that one. It's a bit easy. But this one. Surfers are throwerheads of mankind, not the dregs. They aren't the black sheep of humanity, but the futurists, and they're leading the way to where man ultimately wants to be. Uh, From the 60s, that one. It's not uh, Tom Wolfe, is it? No, Timothy Leary. Ah, I knew it was someone like that. Motherfucker. Yes, And so still on five, Paul. Okay, this one might be a bit more easier. First of all, I'd like to say, and the ASP are going to find me because I don't want to be part of this dumb fucking wannabe tennis tour. All these pro servers want to be tennis players. Who said that? That was Robert's Bobby Martinez. Very true, very true. Good, okay. Waves are not measured in feet nor inches. They are measured in increments of fear. Who um, said that? Buzzy Trent. That's correct. Seven. Who, All right. Who incidentally, I think was he an was a Nazi sympathizer, wasn't he? Old Buzz. Yeah, you, you can't have them more. You can't have it all, mate. I think old Buzz was a bit of a, a bit of an Aryan in his time. Um, I have to check that again with you. It's not the length legal department, although, and you can't you can't slander someone who's dead, can you? So that's fine. I'll just say it. Whatever.
Yeah, well done, Paul. I don't know if you can still hear it. Fucking raging, still outside. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just packing up my stuff to to go to see Mandy. So, so if anyone's checking uh, G Max Instagrams over the next few days, if, it, if you're looking at like looking at it Nazareth, just look at the sort of right of the shot. And you see a little boaty McBoat face coming like hooning over from from stage right. That's me, just doing a bottom turn out of the North Atlantic into Praia da Norte. Yeah, well, I hope, I hope it all goes well, Paul. I mean, if this if this is the last time I ever see you, um, you know, I think it's it's fitting that it's been a, a good pod. It might, I mean, I, I, it could be good for the for the figures. You never know. I mean, but um, yeah. I, yeah, I do hope you survive. If it is the and last I'll... time uh, you see me, you can keep, you can keep those globe board shorts that I lent you once four years ago. And I've never seen again. One of my one of my favourite one of my favourite all time pairs of board shorts. They were. Yeah, just hang on to them, mate. No worries. You keep. Yeah, you that keep that them. They're way too big for me around the waist. So just something to remember me by, you know. <laughs> they're so big. They're sort of like Josh Kerr in the nineteen nineties or something. If I, if I was to wear those, so yeah. um, oh, you know, I'll finally remember. Yeah, it'd be a nice memory. I wear them on the. I wear them to your funeral. Uh, we might be back at Nasden, uh, Monday. Let's see what happens yeah. this month. See if we get it on. See if the COVID and travel and all that sort of stuff. See if we can make it happen. But we, you know, we think there's a reasonable chance it might happen. Kind of prime time for Nasre, and we're on call. So yeah, hopefully next time we're meeting in person, we're at good old Nas. Our, you know, wow, I love that place. So yeah, bring it on. Okay, well, that's going to wrap things up for the show. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch, drop us a tweet at Wavelength Mag. Send us a DM on Insta or Facebook, Wavelength Surf Mag. Drop us an email, editor at wavelengthmag.com. New issue, volume 259 is out. It's a cracker. There's some great subscriptions offer on the website. Go and check that out. Also check out the new Wavelength store. I'm Paul Evans, reminding you to enjoy yourselves. It's later than you think. And you, Mr. Bumrunley, have a consistent message that you'd like to remind everyone out there. Get a dog right up yes. President. I would not carry oh no spare change I would just rearrange the whole government structure cause there seems to be something that's messing with the fluxure of the money it's not coming to me so now it's time for me to tell my homie Jammer D so I'm looking at my wallet and I do not have a buck damn I'm out of luck damn I'm feeling stuck